The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when His blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in His precious blood, my sin to atone, and I started singing, Heaven's my home. I'll take your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Many of you, this is a patriotic theme. I mean, not so much the sermon isn't, but uh, it deals with a, with a subject that we're dealing with. Years ago, uh, maybe almost all seven years ago now, a man ran for president of the United States. His name was Obama. I had never heard of him before. I was convinced that anybody with a name, an Arabic name, would never be elected in America due to the fact we had 911, and you know who did that. And I figured that the people in America would just would not want somebody with a name that sounded like that. And so I figured, I, you know, when they said he was running for president, I thought, boy, this guy didn't have, a, didn't have a chance. He's running against Hillary anyways. And Hillary, by that time, had a lot of momentum going. And um, I thought, there's no way the man's going to be elected. And I was confident that uh, the Republican candidate would be elected at that time. And began to pray about it. And then Obama put a slogan. I'm always kind of interested in the politics of how they try to sway large groups of people. And he put one word. You know what that word was. Huh? Is. Is. He has stayed true to his promise. Change. Now when he put this word out, change, a lot of people were excited about it. Change. And I said, you mean change like prosperity to depression? Change like from heterosexual marriage to homosexual marriage? Change like, I mean, because when you say, when you have a society that's running in the way it is, and you say we're going to change, you're talking about changing everything, far as I could tell. And you know, he's kept true to that promise. But I want to introduce you to somebody today that never changes. And what he said uh, over 6,000 years ago in the book of Genesis holds true today. And what he said, and what he said in, as he was standing beside the Sea of Galilee holds true today. Acts chapter 1, Jesus had come. He had lived these, brief, uh, he lived these 33 years, been crucified, I believe, it was about April 6, 32 A.D., uh, the disciples that he called out, a bunch of ragtag misfits, to be honest with you, if you were going to try to reach the world with 12 people, those would not have been the 12 I would have picked even close. I would have tried to get folks with qualifications and educations and, and, and special super gifts because I'm going to pick 12 people that are going to take a message throughout the world and reach it. So I'm going to try to pick, but he picked People that you and I would never pick. Fishermen. Born liars. I mean, fishermen. Fishermen. 
non-educated, non-formally educated fishermen that were working in the fishing business, netting probably tilapia, by the way, Peter's fish, over there in the Sea of Galilee. Why were they netting them? Because tilapia are typically vegetarian, don't bite on hook and line, typically. They don't. And so to get them, you have to net them. And so they're over there netting fish. And another one, uh, a tax collector, IRS guy. Right away, I'm thinking, that, that's not going to work. Then he, pick, he picks a physician. Well, I don't think there was a vet in that whole group there either. I don't think there was a vet in that whole group. But they, he picks these guys, and, and you say, there's no way he's going to reach them. But it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. But it's going to be by his Holy Spirit. That's why he loves to use the base things of the world. And that's why he loves to use the things which are not. That's why he loves to use the things that are despised to bring to nothing the things that are. Uh, you have more of a chance of being used by Jesus if you consider yourself a nothing than you ever would be used by Jesus if you consider yourself a something. He loves to use nobodies because he can show his power through a nobody. But he can't show his power through a somebody because a somebody thinks they're somebody. And they think they're the ones that made it happen. If it wouldn't have been for me, it wouldn't have happened. Well, you think that way, God can't hardly use you. Now, he may be able to break you to the place where you come around. So he had come. He had been crucified. They thought the kingdom of God was going to come right then. They were real disappointed. He gets crucified. They, they just didn't seem to get it. They were so eager to get rid of the Roman uh, uh, dictatorship over them that they thought he was going to come. And they had read in the Old Testament that he would come and uh, the, the Messiah would set his feet on the, on the Mount of Olives and it would split in two and he'd take over and rule the whole world with a rod of iron. There's a whole bunch of Old Testament scripture about that. But that's not yet. What they didn't see was there was two comings. There was coming of the Isaiah 53 Savior that would come as a lamb without blemish and without spot who would give himself and die for the sins of the world. They didn't see that there was two comings. He's coming the first as the lamb, and now he's already come as that. And the second coming of Christ, which we're looking for, is coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah that is to rule over the whole world. That's what we're looking for now. So by the time you come into the, the first chapter of Acts, you got a bunch of these folks who... And by the way, he had healed whole cities of diseases. He had healed whole groups. He had healed hundreds of thousands of people outright. Where were all those people at the crucifixion? Where were all those people of, full of gratitude that he had helped them and saved them and taken all the diseases away from them and even raised the dead? Where were all those folks? Bible says in the upper room, about 120 people. That's less than in this room. Now you think after three and a half years of healing and doing walking, I mean, what he did, and the best preaching ever, ever was preached was by Jesus Christ. You think there'd be more than 120 folks. That probably included if, if they were Baptists, and they were. I got to remember, it's John the... This one to make a case there. It ain't John the Presbyterian, John the Episcopal, John the Methodist. It's John the... Yeah, you guys are getting it. But 
There are 120 folks up there. If they were like we are, they you counted cat that walked in, dog that walked in, little kid that walked in. You count everybody. They're waiting on the power. Because he said, don't go out and do what I told you to do. Because he had told them his last words were go in the world and preach the gospel of every creature. His last words were go and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teach them to observe whatsoever things I've commanded unto you, and lo, I'll be with you always under the other world. Before they did, they said, now you stay in Jerusalem and you wait for the power. You wait for the power. So 120 people up there waiting. It was a long wait, by the way. It wasn't a short wait. It was a pretty long wait. I mean, a day would be a long wait. 50 days is a really long wait. But the power comes. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You should be witnesses to me. The word witness is our word for martyr. You should be a witness unto me because to be a true witness of Christ, you've got to die to yourself and live to Jesus Christ because you'll be embarrassed for his sake and You'll be ridiculed for his sake, because if you're already dead, it's no problem. And he said, you'll be a witness in the, the city of Jerusalem first, and then you're going to go to Judea around Jerusalem, then you're going to go to the Samaria north of Jerusalem, then you're going to go to the uttermost parts of the world. If I, if I say it this way, they didn't always go willingly, they went with persecution. Well, they went. And that's the context. Jesus tells them all this. He goes out. Before they get the power of the Holy Spirit, he goes up to the mountain. The Bible says that uh, a cloud came around him, and he ascended before them into heaven. And they all, over 500 people, observed Jesus go up. And look in verse 11 of Acts. He says, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? Now, these were the angels that were standing by after Jesus was taken up into heaven. Why stand you gazing into heaven? And these are the words I want to talk about. This is a very simple sermon. This is a one-nail sermon. I hope you go home with it. This same Jesus, this same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. There's a lot of uncertainty in our day. After the Supreme Court made the decision they made, which was, by the way, not only historically earth-shaking, unprecedented. The very foundation, there is no bigger, greater foundation in our society than the institution of marriage. And when they took marriage and redefined it after 6,000 years of human history, and they said instead of those 6,000 years of people being right, we are right, what kind of egotism does that tell you they've got? I think it comforts me, and I want to share that comfort with you, that Jesus never changes. Jesus never changes. Malachi, or some would say Malachi. Chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 7.24 says, But this man, speaking of Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. It says in Hebrews 1.10, And thou, Lord, in the beginning laid, hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish. Everything Hubble Telescope's looking at, all that your eye can see will perish. But thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as just a garment and as a vesture. Thou shalt 
fold them up, and they shall be changed. Everything around us is going to eventually change. But thou art the same, thy years shall not fail. I take comfort today that I serve a God that does not change. Though this crazy world may go upside down, Jesus Christ does not change. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 21, meddle not with them that are given to change. It also says in Proverbs 22, 28, remove not the ancient landmarks which thy forefathers have set. Now, I don't know of more of an ancient landmark than marriage. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. He said, don't move them. Don't move them. But they have. But praise the Lord, God is looking for some folks who will be willing to follow him and change not. I think of Psalm 15. If you ever take a chance to read Psalm 15, maybe memorize that time. I memorized it a few times and lost it and got it and lost it and got it. And I go back over it again. It says uh, that he looks for people who he wants to dwell with in Psalm 15. God's looking for people who he wants to dwell with. And he gives specifics on the people what he would like to see in them. One of the things that catches me is that he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. People criticize fundamental Bible believers like we are because we're doing things the way we did them 35 years ago. And I can tell you, if you came to Gospel Baptist Church 35 years ago, the services, the songs, the preaching, and the Bible would be the same. Glory to God. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm thrilled about that. For the God we worship does not change. Look, businesses can change, and they have to change, and they have to morph. But we're not a business. We serve a risen Savior, the person of Jesus Christ that changes not. We shouldn't have Listen, I don't have to make it a movie theater looking or a gymnasium looking thing or a warehouse looking thing so people will come and hear. The Bible says you go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The church is for born again people to come and to get encouraged in the word of God and to go out there and tell them. The same Jesus forgave an adulterous woman in John chapter 8 caught in the very act of adultery And he forgives the same today. The same Jesus healed and restored a woman called Mary Magdalene in the Bible. who The Bible says he cast seven demons out of her. I've met some women like Mary Magdalene. Some of them, I think, had 15, 16 demons. But Mary Magdalene had seven demons in her. And he cast, probably, she was probably a whorish woman, probably a, because demons are wicked and vile. She was probably so wicked and vile. And he, she came and repented of her sin and willing to follow Christ. And he birthed her into his family. Now, interesting about Mary Magdalene, if that can happen then, because Jesus does not change, it can happen today. Jesus told those upright, over, over uh, pious hypocritical Pharisees that believed just being a Christian on the outside was what counted, not what being on the inside was what counted. And he said, tax collectors, publicans, and whores are going to make it to the kingdom of God before you folks. 
Woo, brother, you talk about robbing the cat the wrong way. Why? Because God's looking for legitimacy. Internally, legitimacy. That same Jesus saved Mary Magdalene and a fallen woman that was forgiven and changed, and you see her at the foot of the cross with Jesus' mother also. You see Mary Magdalene to be the first one at the tomb in the early morning resurrection. You see uh, Mary Magdalene. You don't see the rest of them. Where is the rest of them? Because Mary Magdalene was changed by the grace of God to be in conformity with Christ. And if he can save an old woman like that, there's hope for us. There's hope for us. One time years ago, somebody came to me and says, I don't feel comfortable in your church. Everybody looks so good. They look like they've never done any sin. You know, they just look so good. And I just feel like I'm just so wicked and violent. I said, oh, let me spend a few minutes with you and tell you some of the backgrounds of our folks. You'll be afraid to come into the service. I heard old Jack Howes one time says, half my people been in jail, the other half are going. That's the same Jesus took a man who was running from God's call and caused him, to, through him, to be the greatest revival ever recorded in the city of Nineveh. That's the man Jonah. And he'll take an old rebel like you that knows nothing of God, doesn't want to do the will of God, and he'll restore you in the fullness of God and work through you in mighty ways that you know not. Don't tell me you sin too much to be used of God. Don't tell me that it's too late for God to do something in your life. This same Jesus, this unchangeable Christ, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, can lift you up this morning. And he can help you this morning. This same Jesus took a backslidden, cussing fisherman and made him the leading spokesman for the disciples to spread the gospel, gave him the keys of heaven and earth, Peter. And he can still today take an old foul mouth, vulgar mouth, and person and transform them by the grace of God. The same Jesus took a murderer, Moses, worldly educated in all of the wisdom of Egypt, which is a type of the world, and he can take a man with stammering lips and a shy personality and make him, by the way, he did make him the greatest figure in the Old Testament, Moses. The same Jesus gave power to the 70 when he sent them out over the demons and the forces of evil, and he can still deliver his people today. Why? It's the same Jesus. We're not victims. We're victors in Christ. The same Jesus delivered his people from a wicked man by the name of Haman in the book of Esther, and still today he can deliver his people. Why? Because he changeth not. This same Jesus took that old tax collector I was talking to you about and made him a child of the king. 2,000 years later, he can still take a dishonest man that is a lover of money and make him an example of honesty and equity. Why? Because it's the same Jesus. Things around us are changing. 
on our left hand and on our right hand. Definitions are being redefined. Churches are changing themselves, are morphing to the world. It'll never work. We don't need to conform to the world, but be not conformed to the world is what the Bible says. Think about that. The Bible says, be not conformed to the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Read it yourself. The mark of the Christian church is that we ought to be unchangeable by the grace of God. The message we have has not changed since it was spoken and inspired of the blessed Holy Spirit. And we don't need to add our little human wisdom to it. We're not here and we're not trying some sales program. We're just obeying God in spirit and truth. And he does the rest. Why? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe he can still take an adulterous woman and make her clean. I believe he can still take a woman possessed with demons and allow her to have intimate fellowship with him. I think he can still take a rebel and use him for revival. I believe he can still take a cussing fisherman and wash his mouth out. How do I know that? We got some in here this morning. He can still take a murderer and raise him up for his people. He can still transform an old IRS guy. He can still take a police chief and save him. He can still work and empower you to overcome the wicked one. He can still protect and take care of his people like he did in the wilderness and like he did in Babylon. God can still do those things. Do you believe it? People may change and will. Countries may change and do. Friends may change. Churches may change. Denominations may change, and they do. Colleges, colleges change. There's been no college, I believe, that ever lasted 100 years. I was told that over and over at Bob Jones, and it looks like the prophecy's coming true. No college ever stayed fundamental Bible-believing over 100 years without moving to the left. Oh, we're so slippery. We just can't seem to want us. But Jesus said, here I am. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You know, the definition of insanity? Yes, preacher, I do. You. A definition of insanity is not predictable. You're unpredictable. Brother, no they're not. Thank you for sitting up front. If you came home after working so hard as I know you do all day long, and you didn't have a clue what you were going to face, I mean, one day you'd face a woman that was all decked out and beautiful. The next day you'd face a woman. And then the next day you'd come home and then... I mean, you, you, you face a woman that would scream and yell and, and throw things at you one time. Then one time she'd come up and be so sweet and she'd put her hand on your cheek and then scratch you. That's why I don't like cats. Oh, here we go. Here we go, preacher. I lost half of you right there. Lost half of you right there. You're going to say, if he don't like cats, I'm not coming back. I don't know about your experience with cats, but mine is you go down there, kitty, kitty, kitty. It'll let you pet them a little bit. I've pet cats, and they've been so sweet, and, you know, they purr and 
Then they'll reach around and bite you. How many had cats like that? I See, I, I got enough witness here. The Bible says by two witnesses, the thing is confirmed. There was at least 50 witnesses said that's the way they are. The one cat I did have in my life that was predictable, that never bit me, that never scratched me, that always was the same, was the only sane cat I've ever owned. God gave him to me. Showed up one day in a hur- after a Hurricane Charlie, and we named him Charlie. But he only lived three years. The good, they die young. <laughs> Churches may change. Denominations may change. Colleges change. But friend, Jesus Christ, my Savior, and I hope your Savior, we can, He is the definition of sane. He's predictable. You can hang your hat on it. You can hang your life on him. You can put the weight of your one little short life that you have on the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And I did at 18 years old. I took a chance and put my trust in Jesus Christ and His Word. And at 63 years old, I can tell you, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad. Because Jesus Christ has proven himself consistent and that he does not change. I like it says, the angel said, this same Jesus, woo, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, he's not going to come back a different way, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven The same righteous lover of my soul is going to come back and welcome me as his own. The same Jesus who raised the dead. The same Jesus that walked on water. The same Jesus who made demons nervous and afraid. The same Jesus who made disease leave and heal those he touched. The same Jesus who did those who took leprosy and made it, made it, uh, their skin supple as a baby's. This same Jesus can heal me. The same Jesus can help me. Praise God. And He can help you. Oh, they're changing things. Don't make that. Don't don't be upset. Don't get so nervous. Don't get nervous about all. Oh, protest it. Oh, vote against it. Oh, give your money to people. Try. Sure, we want to overturn this whole thing. But don't let it get into your soul. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, dear Christian, we can rely on the unchangeableness of Jesus Christ. That's why Revelation is not progressive. Revelation has been given, and it is what it is. And we hang our hat upon it. Once He forgives you, He does not go back on His Word. I want to serve this Jesus. I want to give my life for this Jesus. And you know what? 
as the Holy Spirit fills you and conforms you to His likeness, you should be less changeable. Your wife shouldn't come, your wife shouldn't expect you home at night and wonder what you're going to be like. My mother-in-law, which I had a good, wonderful mother-in-law, by the way, wonderful mother-in-law, she would always chew my wife out for not treating me good enough. I mean, Kathy treats me wonderfully. But she'd say, now, Kathy, you make sure you treat him good because you don't know what you've got. Women, that's a wonderful thing to do to your son-in-law. A wise mother-in-law lifts her son-in-law up around his, around her daughter. Ooh, even if you don't, well, don't lie. (laughs) Seek the good and praise it. The old girl told me, and I've told this story a couple times. She came to me one day. She stayed with us three years. And at my house, a little prophet's chamber, I got it 225 feet away from my house. And uh, that's about the distance your mother-in-law has to stay away from you. But she was over there, and sweet girl. Every time I come home, she'd open the door and say, Billy, Billy, how you doing today? I'd say, good. We'd sit and talk. One day, she stunned me. Now, she was raised in a uh, pretty much a heathen environment. Never went to church, never really, never was religious, never read the Bible, didn't know a thing about it. And she agreed, if she moved in with Kathy and I, that she'd be willing to come to church. And so I said, that's good. You come to church, we'll take care of you. She came to church for six months, got saved. She said to me one day, strange, out of the blue, we'd sit in a little bench, we guess. The bench is still there, I think about her, and we sat in that bench together, and she'd, she'd just say stuff that she, you know, she was at that time probably 78 or so, really old. And she'd say, Billy, I noticed something about you and Kathy. I'd say, what is that? She'd never been close to us as far as geographically. And she said, When you come home at night, you're the same day after day after day after day after day. You guys are the same. Kathy's the same when she comes home after work. Even with a bad day or whatever, she comes home, she's the same. Uh, She's predictable in her behavior. She's not like, I said, well, where's that coming from, Carmen? Where, Where are you getting that from? She says, well, I was raised around people who drank. People always drank a few beers before they came home, and they drank a few beers while they were at home, and a few more beers so they could sleep. And, and she said, you know, you never knew what you were going to face. with." And I've never been around drinkers. And so I, this, is, was, this caught me completely off guard. She says, you don't understand, but the average drinker, He's not this, you don't know what you're going to see day by day by day. You don't know what mood they're going to be in day by day. I mean, some people drink, I know they get mean as a junkyard dog, amen? Some people drink, they get mellow and they cry, talking about their mother and how they didn't do that. Then other people, they'll get mean and they'll go, they'll swing between those two things as alcohol affects them. And she says, it's just, it's just really nice to be able to know that you people come home the same. That was a compliment of, of mammoth proportions. I never even had thought in those lines about drinking or being inconsistent. But brother, when Jesus saved Kathy, that old wicked dancing girl I met in, in a beer party, and when she, when God saved Jesus, or, or 
when Jesus saved Kathy and, and Jesus saved Bill and he changed us from being non-predictable and changing in every mood and thing, he made us consistent. Glory to God. That's like being like Jesus. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it makes sense that his followers would have that type of consistency, doesn't it? That you're the same. Your doctrine's the same, it doesn't change. Your Bible's the same. Your, your belief system is the same. Your movements are the same. And you're predictable. I'm so scheduled, I'm so, I'm so scheduled anymore that I can tell you what I'm going to be doing a certain day five years from now. You say, that's boring. It's not. It's not. It's beautiful. I hope you worship and serve the God that's the same, Jesus Christ. Government, they come and go. Nations, come and go. Beliefs on, on the world, it comes and goes. It's faddish. But Jesus Christ, if you'll come to him and ask him to save you today, he'll save you just like he saved the old fisherman, just like he saved Mary Magdalene. There's no sin you've done. God can't, God's blood through Jesus Christ cannot cleanse you from. You can be saved today and have your sins forgiven. He's here for you right now to save you, just like he saved them. And he wants to be your Savior. And you know what? You can rely on him. Ten years from now, he's going to be the same. Fifty years from now, he's going to be the same. Father, we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would explain this. And you'd come and you'd move. This would not be by might nor by power, but by thy spirit. Father, we ask you to convict folks here of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. There may be some here today that have had nothing consistent in their life. Everything's been up and down and around. They've been married. They haven't been married. They've had boyfriends. They've had girlfriends. They're gone and been here and been there. And all these things have changed. But you can come to Christ and you can know that He'll be the same for you. Father, we pray that you just convict, move, guide, and direct this morning. We pray that the Word of God would go forth and fulfill its mission. There may be Christians here this morning say, Brother Bill, I've been inconsistent in my application of Christianity. I want to be more like Christ and I want to become consistent. I want to nail this thing down. Why don't you come forward and make some, let somebody talk to you. Why don't you just come pray with me. Father, you move in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, sing a couple of verses just as I am. Without one, please give an invitation to you. All the praise belongs to Him who died on Calvary. Jesus gave His life a ransom that we could be free. O oh, sinner, come to Him today. For Jesus alone can give you assurance. Burn it.